0: Welcome to the NFT Now podcast, your go to source to succeed in the fast moving world of Web3. I'm Matt Medved. Each week, we interview visionary creators, builders, and collectors so you can stay up to date on the most important trends and tactics for the internet's next frontier.
1: Hello everyone, and thank you for being with us today for this uh, very special event. I'm very honored to be here with esteemed artists, and I hope I can say friend now, Jen Stark and Eric Calderon, of course the founder of Artblocks Engine. I promise I'm not going to talk too much about myself, because of course we are here for these two very special people, but I will give you a very brief introduction. My name is Alessio Rossi and I'm the executive vice president for marketing for Branciseido here in the U.S. And I will also tell you two seconds about Um, Service communication first, we decided to go a little bit off script today. So if you see people fainting in the audience, that's my com team. But otherwise, it would not be fun. So back to Shiseido, you may know that this is actually the oldest established beauty brand in the world. We actually have precisely 151 years of history. Of course, this is a Japanese brand headquartered in Tokyo. And you know, when you have such a legacy, you really have sometimes to stop and reflect about what's going to be your future. That was the inspiration for the collection that we put together with Jen and another very three esteemed artists that is called Future Reflections. It's also connected to a collection of products that you will see some images on the screen later on, which is called Future Solutions. So, as part of this collection, we asked these four artists to create 1872 pieces that could be minted with the Artblocks engine um, kindly provided by Eric. Why 1872? That's the year of the foundation. We were, in fact, founded in 1872. Now, at the end of this, I was supposed to tell you, go there and enjoy the pieces of art and possibly mint some for yourself. Unfortunately or fortunately, they are all gone, right? You know, we were yesterday discussing at lunch. It was, what, 11.30 a.m., it just opened. We were, wait, they're all gone already? So very, very successful. And for that, I really, really thank you and the other artists. They are here in the room with us because otherwise this would have not been possible. So again, I'm not going to take too much time. I want to pass it off to Jen so you can tell us a little bit more about yourself.
2: Sure. Hey everybody, I'm Jen Stark. I'm Woo. visual artist. Uh, started out kind of in the gallery world. Um, I've been a professional artist since like 2007. So gallery world, kind of jumped into animation. I've always had a love for digital artwork and moving animation. So yeah, just have been dabbling that throughout my career. NFTs came on the scene. I jumped in in 2021 and yeah, the rest is history. I I had a a collection, have a collection on art blocks that I dropped in late 21 called um, Vortex. And yeah, it's just been, it's been really awesome to be part of the like NFT digital art community because it's, it, it, it's embraced me a lot, you know, like the fine art world, there's, you know, some, sometimes some pretentiousness and gatekeeping and it's, it's really nice to be welcomed with arms open by this community. So happy to be here.
0: Hey, um, my name is Eric Calderon. I'm also known as Snowfro on the internet, and uh, I created art blocks in 2020. Um, I created an artwork called The Chromy Squiggle, uh, and we just spend our time trying to elevate the medium of generative art and medium of generative content and really kind of helping. Um, there's just this thing that happens when everybody gets something that's unique to them that... I'm fascinated by and I've been fascinated by it for about a decade and there's been a lot of validation on this idea that people actually care about things that are unique to them and working with artists like Jen Stark um, and, and the wonderful people that participated in this drop really demonstrate that ability to create something unique uh, for every individual. So yeah, that's what, that's what gets me out of bed and um, watching artists thrive has been uh, really special.
1: Well, that's incredible. I want to tell you a couple of more things of why we decided to do our first ever actually step into generative art. So I will be very honest with you that I cannot say that I know much about it. I don't actually fully understand all the mechanisms behind it, but we're very passionate about the art and the creative expression. And we're very passionate about art because we were actually founded by a photographer. So, this guy, a long time ago, was actually a photographer and a chemist. And actually, he was a little bit led by his dad to, you know, run what initially was a pharmacy in Ginza, in Tokyo. And he had such a passion for photography, actually for still lifes, specifically for flowers, that he decided instead to create a beauty brand. Because that's a perfect combination of art and science. So this link to art art has always been very intimate to us. In fact, he also launched a gallery that we still have in Tokyo. And the gallery was supposed to support emerging talents who perhaps didn't have the means to really organize an exhibit themselves. And they were very avant-garde. They were trying to break some rules, say something that was out of the ordinary, and they found this a very safe space where they didn't have to talk about the products. They didn't have to, you know, try to sell anything. It was just about that. So we, a few years after, we also opened a museum, which is not in Tokyo. It's in the outskirts of Tokyo. If you ever go to Japan, please stop by and visit it. I find it fascinating. But I think this all goes back to really this concept of, you know, creating a community, a group of people who actually shares a sense of belonging. And for us, it is certain aesthetic, which reflects in the idea of taking care of certain things, taking the time and looking into the details. And um, I think what I saw with blocks, so or what we saw with blocks, so we were discussing that today a breakfast was. How do you build a community that is truly linked by some special values, but it's not extremely selective? Because it's a fine line, right? You know, how do you remain welcoming but thoughtful about the members? And we thought that this was a way to go. But I would like to hear from you, Eric, because you really built it. Yeah, so tell us more.
0: Thank you. Yeah. Um... This feels very loud. I, I guess if you are looking to participate in the space, like you've got to start somewhere. And I think there's a lot of different ways that brands can enter the space. And I think we've seen exceptional examples of that. And we've seen uh, whatever the complete diametric opposite of exceptional entries uh, are. And I think what, what I think is a, a bit of an opportunity for a brand is to A, obviously introduce Web3 people to that brand. And um, also the opportunity to introduce, introduce their audience to the beauty of what we're doing here. And, you know, I mentioned this at breakfast as well. Like, if you were able to recreate... In Art Blocks, we have this thing called Block Talk. It's in our Discord channel. There's a channel where people... Uh, Discord server, there's a channel where people go and they just talk about all the things, about the art. Mostly Art Block stuff. Not only Art Block stuff, the market, all these things. And there's a community there that's pretty tight-knit. And obviously, like, you know, as... Things have changed, bull, bear, there's more or less people there. But there was a very important moment in the history of our blocks, which is the six, first six months of the server, where that was the place to be in the world of crypto. And I've had a vision since then of the idea that any brand can recreate that exact same moment, which was formative for many people to understand generative art, to understand art in general. Um, And I think any brand can create that for themselves. And I think that there's various different ways of doing that. But um, generative, by giving people something unique that they can talk about that belongs to them. The collectability of generative art, sometimes we call those features, sometimes we call them rarity. The ability for people to share things they're excited about is something that Web3 truly empowers, can't really function without all the beautiful stuff that Web3 uh, facilitates. I think you guys are on track. Like, You now have 1,872,
1: is that how many it was? 18, 7,
0: 1872, yeah. 1872 yeah. NFTs out there and hundreds of wallets that own them. And this is like a starting point to starting a community, which is how it's got to start. It's got to start somewhere. Um, and I think there's just like pretty big opportunities for brands to really understand what the next generation of people, how they like to engage. I wasn't into Discord until I had to join it because of CryptoPunks. I wasn't into Zoom until um, COVID made us all get on Zoom calls. Now I like take selfie videos and send them to my children. It's like the most awkward thing. I'm 42, but like people in their 20s and 30s, it's like totally natural to get on a FaceTime call and that's how they communicate with each other. Nobody just calls each other. They just Face. Like it's just different generational things. And similarly, that's how communication happens within Web3 and being able to create a, a safe place for a brand to add value, uh, I think is really important. And I think it's an opportunity that you guys um, have... Started on a really good uh, footing and I think there's an opportunity for the future for, for y'all to continue that
1: So one major point for us which is not easy when you live in a, in a corporate world that was to provide complete freedom of expression literally a platform so Jen do you do you feel we achieved on that objective?
2: 100% yeah um, when, when Chiseido approached me you know, I knew they were they were a legendary brand. I knew I wanted to be involved. And yeah, you all gave us like total artistic freedom, which was awesome. Um and yeah, it's it's just really awesome that Shiseido is embracing this world because I think it's there it's really
1: beautiful and it's connected all of us. So we also had a lot of fun, you know, so this was actually one of the most engaging, I wish, you know, the typical day in the office is like this, but it's actually quite different, and, you know, there is uh, there is a temptation to control everything, and I believe in, in this new space, actually, it's the opposite that can make us successful. It's the openness, the ability to take a risk, show some vulnerability, and really see how people like you and Anna and Kaoru and Robert, you know, the four artists who made this collection, actually can provide a different lens on the world. You know, I think we are learning as a company so much more than than we can from, you know, the traditional insights. So I want to talk also about the other artists who actually made this collection. They're all equally important to us. Of course, here we have in the panel Jen, but we also have in the room Anna Jan, and we were particularly uh, fascinated by your work, Anna. This intersection of being very abstract and very much code-based, but also your ability to extract beauty from data visualization. I, I hope I'm saying something correct. You actually started from there, this. Uh, Perfection and beauty that comes from data, right? Almost uh, an elegance that, that emerges from the fact that there is a truth. Truth that leads to beauty. I, I, we thought that, that was particularly fascinating. So thank you again for what you have done with us. Uh, you know, uh, amazing contribution to this collection. Kaoru Tanaka, is actually a resident of Osaka in Japan, and we're so honored to have you here, Kaoru. Uh, Of course, uh, we were so much inspired by by your work, you know, this concept of uh, reflecting a very um, Syrian, very tranquil beauty, which is very uh, typical of Japan. This idea of eliminating everything that is not necessary and stripping down your piece of art to what is a fundamental beauty. And still having so many variations, each of them unique and equally engaging, we were mesmerized by your work. So, thank you. And we don't have here in the audience Robert Odgin. He's based in Brooklyn. He cannot be here with us today. Actually, Robert's mom is also from Japan, so there was sort of an inspiration to that. And what we loved about Robert is this inspiration by major natural phenomena that can create patterns that he replicates almost infinitely in his pieces of work. And again, it links us so much to what we do in our formulations we always have very refined Japanese botanicals that are normally grown and harvested in Japan that are combined with very potent artificial active ingredients and that's our you know formulation philosophy so we we thought all of this was really a very interesting journey but again this is the first time for us that we forge a synergy between artists in the Web3 space and our brand. So we think this is the beginning of something. We totally believe in that, it will change a lot. One of the reasons why we wanted to talk to Eric is that he, you launched that, you created a space for them to grow and thrive. What do you think is happening in this community? What do you think we're going to see next?
0: Well, the future is very uncertain, um, as it will remain for a long time, but uh, there's a couple different things. For me, the idea that we can make the generative artist or the generative creator uh, a highly in demand individual in the world as a result of potentially individuals being interested in owning something that's unique to them, and the generative creator being able to unlock that for people. I think there's something really powerful there. And I think that there's an opportunity as this, you know, group of, initially I was following, let's say, 100 generative artists, and I built art blocks for them. Um, and now there's thousands of them. And this has only been three years. And I think there's an explosion of, of interest in the art form, the distribution method, mechanism, which I think is really powerful. The idea that the the artwork doesn't exist until the moment that it's created. There's, there's a lot of different layers here in how... Um, the generative uh, medium can just have open new dialogue within the world. So to me, that future is just a future where uh, generally we will be perfectly fine with generic clothing that all looks the same, but we're also going to have a certain group of individuals that are going to want something that's special to them, uh, individualized, and the uh, generative creator will be the person that's going to facilitate that for brands. So seeing brands interact with uh, my favorite artists and, get to work with them and like see these things come to life is really special because it's a validation of what that future could look like. Um, and yeah, I don't know what the future holds, but I'm excited about it. And the idea that there's a brand that's excited about it to me, is like extra exciting to you, right? I mean, there's a lot of ways that you can start engaging with Web3. There's, you know, a lot of ways that you could come in and try to sell a bunch of stuff to a bunch of people. Your Mint was free. I, you know, I can't express enough how different that feels than a lot of the way that people enter this ecosystem. Um, it is there to create a new audience, to talk to people, and to elevate these artists. And when an artist like Jen Stark, I mean, Jen has worked with pretty big brands, and so it's like, just beautiful to see the career develop, but like when an artist gets to work with a brand at that level, you're just elevating them, and you're giving them recognition, you're also giving them exposure, um, and you're letting them express themselves in relationship to your product. And, I just want to see more of that. I think the artists deserve that. I think the, co- the collectors and the community deserve that as well. I think they're excited to see the artists become more recognized across the world and um, I think that's where we're headed.
1: Well listen, the decision also of allowing um, collectors to mint for free these pieces was very much discussed internally. We strongly believe that was the right thing to do. Uh, We strongly believe we had to remove any transactional component from this. We strongly believe that that art should have been minted because of what it meant to the collectors and not because of the value. We really hope that there will be value in the future as highest as possible for you, but we want it to be out of the equation because that was part also of the creative freedom that we discussed before. what did you think about that? How did you take that component of that collaboration?
2: Yeah, I mean, I loved the fact that it was a freemint. I think people nowadays, especially the climate's a little bit different than it was a couple years ago. Um, so my collectors and friends, they were so excited to grab one and um, yeah, I think, I think that was the right way to do it. And yeah, I'm, ex- I'm excited how it all Turned out, um, sold out pretty fast, which was really cool. And yeah, happy with how it all went down.
0: And I'll just add to that, that uh, you know, I often say that you have to, to participate in Web3, you should add value before you extract value. And it's okay. Like, you're a brand. You have to make money at some point. Yeah. Like, you can't, we can't just all have, like, sit around and hold hands and, you know, do things for free. But uh, if you really have a long-term approach. And so, you know, I, for those that, you know, I haven't had a chance to speak to, like, I spent three years in Web3 before starting our blocks, and I was in this little server where we were talking about CryptoPunks, if you're not familiar with them. This was one of the first NFTs, and one of the ways that I didn't recognize I was adding value at the time, but one of the ways that I was adding value is I was every single new person that came into that Discord that's like, why are people paying hundreds of dollars for these stupid cartoon characters? I would sit there, and i will be like, well, let me explain to you. Like, you can own a digital thing for the first time, and these are generative, and there's all these traits, and look, this is the rare ones and the non-rare ones, and um, here's how you set up a wallet, and this is how you get scammed, so don't get scammed this way, and this is, you know, a safe way to... And so I would spend my time just onboarding people and introducing people to the space, and I didn't feel like I was doing it, ever expecting anything in return. I was just a nerd, really excited about the project. That became my additive contribution the space and so then when i launched artblocks it was like oh yeah there's this guy that's been around like helping everybody for the last three years on how to get into crypto and it didn't feel like it was just like now he's just trying to make a bunch of money in fact artblocks was a hobby it was never intended to make a bunch of money it was just, just a hobby and it felt very natural and it's obviously there's a time uh it gets noisier it gets harder to get involved it gets harder to penetrate the ecosystem and uh so brands have to work harder to do that. But being additive, giving people a Jen Stark piece, all these wonderful artists piece for $0 is the way to get started. And then over time, there's probably, I would assume, plenty of opportunity for there to be uh, a way to get, you know, I wouldn't say, yeah, to engage on a way that actually makes a company that's meant to be profitable, profitable. But we're all experimenting together. We don't know what the future holds. And this is very disarming for a lot of the, the OG people in the
1: space yes and we cannot agree more with the concept of you know being long term these are things that are meaningful if you continue to experiment clearly our you know commitment to art has been long term you know it's been lasting for the last 151 years we actually did another collaboration in a completely different space with an Emmy nominated uh, photographer Enzo um, uh, Baracco who uh, shot a few pictures of endangered species at the Galapagos. this was about sustainability, and we had this exhibit at the office, you know, and again, it was our point about, hey, sustainability is a journey, is another long-term commitment, and there are so many points of view that you can bring to the conversation. I think with this comes also a sense of responsibility, right? You're building a community, you're part of a community, you're responsible for the community. And you know this is a very fast changing space. There have been a lot of conversation about what's the border between you know, human contribution and machine contribution. We deeply believe that art is the differentiator between... Humans and machines, but also between humans and animals, if you think about what is left of previous generations is only art. If you go back in time, you have art painted on on walls of caves, and that's a testament to the fact that there were human beings there, and today we're doing exactly the same because whats in, what will be left of us one day will be a digital footprint which we're now filling with art. But I want to hear from you again, Jen, about what is the, intera- the real interaction with a machine? How do you use it to take an inspiration, I guess, from the real world, from your desires and dreams, and turn it into a piece of art? Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's, it's been quite a journey. And a lot of a lot of the nft projects and like digital art projects and my interactive projection stuff i i team up with people just how like i team up with brands and collaborate because um, there's certain technical things that i don't know like um you know uh a uh, touch designer or like cinema 4d i'll team up with like very talented people and just kind of kind of like art direct and get get my idea across so it's like Kind of using different things as a tool, using a collaborator, using, um, you know, tech. So yeah, just and also AI. Like some some people are really scared of it, but I think it's I think it's just another tool, just another medium that artists can use to create, to get to like make their dreams come to life.
1: Well, some of that is inevitable, right? You know we have an industry that is hinging on that. We have now utility everywhere. We're using it, even when we don't know. But again, it's the um, central role that human beings play that you know comes with that you know sort of responsibility I was saying before, making sure that we remain authentic. I think this is what I'm trying to say. um so, this edition of Gateway is inspired by blooming, you know, very much like your collection. Is this and a coincidence? My, my yes, you're very much into this floral theme, for sure. Can you tell us more about that? Why did you pick that?
2: Yeah, so the so the piece, the collection I made for the Shiseido drop was, is called Fractal Bloom, and a lot of my artwork is... Um, based off of designs in nature, like mathematical equations, such as um, golden ratio, Fibonacci sequence. So, yep, it's a, any anything psychedelic on the screen. That's mine. So, it's also based off the psychedelic world and a little bit of the spiritual world. Um, so, the the artwork that I created for this called Fractal Bloom. It's inspired by. The, the mathematical equations that of how, like, plants grow and flowers grow. And, yeah, I teamed up with this amazing coder, Jorge Ledesma, and we just, over the last few months, kind of went back and forth, inspiration. I also wanted to pull certain elements out of the Shiseido ingredients and the aesthetic, so there was some, like, iridescent glows, some... This is a video if you want to press play. Um... So some iridescent sheen, some of it kind of looks glassy and um, just frosty. I tried to make the whole collection kind of like a green glow because that's that's sort of like part of the Shiseido brand. And um, yeah, just pulling certain elements out of it. Oh,
1: here it is. It got animated, yeah.
2: This is an older piece called Multiplicity. Um, And I do a lot of interactive stuff where... The viewer will walk by an uh, projected installation, and your body will kind of move with it and make this garden come to life. So, yeah, I do a lot of a lot of different things based off of nature, based off uh, like color theory. Um, yeah, and it's it was really fun building this project. I love generative stuff because it's almost like you're you're creating a recipe, and you you have all these parameters. Like I want. 20% spiral, 20% square shapes, and you kind of like put this recipe together, and I didn't know what the final pieces were gonna be. The collector actually mints it and creates it, so ah. I love that element of surprise, and that's, for me, that's the beautiful thing of like art blocks and the blind minting
1: process. It's it's really cool, it's, it's such a mystery. Yeah, fantastic, and co-creation. So, Eric, we, we guess this growing community of generative artists is evolving themselves, right? Because this is new for everybody. For some particularly new, for some relatively new, but it, it is new and it is changing. How do you see the needs of these artists evolving in time and how can brands actually support them?
0: Um... See, there's a lot of ways that you can support artists. What you're doing right now is supporting artists. <clears throat> I think uh, going back a little bit to the uh, free mint and kind of like the adding value first. You know, when you do something for free, like, you know, it clearly costs company money to do this, right? And so if you're doing something for free, there's no way you're just going to leave. Oftentimes with brands entering this ecosystem, they come, they sell something or they don't. And then, like that's it. Like that's the end of it. the The project is complete, right? By doing what you're doing, you're essentially committing to starting and then taking this somewhere. And so, the way that you elevate the artists, I mean, I just I picture that now. You have content of beautiful generative pieces that are all unique that you can weave in and out of like your process and tell the story of how the artists um, got to this point and what they do and why it's important and why it's special and why it's unique for individuals to understand all these different things and that way the brand can kind of continue to push forward and and elevate and and continue to participate within the web three space you know on the one hand we're really excited when brands come in and that like it feels validating but then on the other hand it's often very extractive but when a brand brings new people to this space we're very grateful because what we want, we are all very excited and very passionate about what we're doing. We're very excited for our artists, for the technology, all of the things. And what we want is we want to share that with more people. But like, there's only my voice is only so big, and Jen's voice is only so big. But we think that we are operating on something that is revolutionary, and the voice and the and the the um, reach that the larger brands have is unparalleled within this ecosystem, and. Sharing what we 're doing with your audience is honestly the best way that you can kind of contribute and you 're going to have some people that be like oh, nFTs I hate them blah 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 and that 's okay i mean that 's changing dramatically over time from when we started um, but then you 're also going to introduce people to this new interactive twenty four seven decentralized, like beautiful thing that we have within the uh, NFT ecosystem or the generative art ecosystem. And some people are going to find a lot of uh, reward in that. And they'll be grateful for you as being the on-ramp. So I think there's a lot of different ways that you can continue to elevate the medium, the art, technology, the vibe. Um, And, you know, many people in the community would be very happy to help you know, guide that and answer questions because we're very excited. We talk about our favorite subject anytime that we're talking about NFTs. And obviously, usually people are rolling their eyes because it's like, all right, man, I've heard you talk about this like 25 times, like that's enough. But I mean, it's our favorite subject and uh, we can help and we're excited to help and we can do it in a way that doesn't feel extractive. and, And like I said, you guys are doing a phenomenal job. So thank you.
1: And you know, art has always been contemporary, you know, at any time, and art has always been criticized. Skepticism was always part of the critical world. You know, we'll always find somebody who doesn't believe it, doesn't get it, doesn't think this is the right time, doesn't think it's appropriate. But at the end of the day, I think it's a part of what we are attracted by in art that is about pushing the boundaries, you know, you know, trying to explore a different space. And on that note, what do you think is the future of art blocks itself? That's um, if you can say.
0: Yeah, I mean there's a lot of things that we're working on. We're really excited about um, redefining the relationship that are or not even redefining defining the relationship that our box has with our artists we started a hobby thing that turned into this other thing that then turned into this other thing and that started going in all these different directions while being in a highly uh, chaotic market with completely unpredictable future and now we're starting to realize we're starting to you know we were always like the, we were the first ones we created the collector for this type of art just because it was exciting and delightful to participate in this stuff and then we watched Significant other uh, versions of competition come in, and it's great. I'm all about competition. I think it's really nice. We've now been in a position where we can watch how other people have, have entered and participated, some going more the traditional model, and really just kind of saying, yeah, Web3 is great for just like the provenance, but everything else needs to go back to like the gal- gallery model. Some people going just purely Web3 and just like being, and I think we've learned a lot from that. And what that's taught us is that we can create something that doesn't fit in a box because nothing about this fits into a box. The amount of people that told me that our box was never going to go anywhere is just, I mean, I just, like, I, I should have just not done it based on that much feedback, but we did it because we believed in it. And I think the same principles apply as we expand and as we develop. We will come up with the best possible ecosystem, hopefully, for generative content and the best place for artists, collectors, brands, to interact and to explore this medium together. And that's, that's at least my dream for the future.
1: Jen, I think we're coming up almost at time, but I, I would like you to repeat again what you told me today at breakfast. How did you make it into art blocks and why did you choose that specific space for, uh, for your art?
2: Yeah, um, I mean, I jumped in the NFT space like early 21. And was just like a bunch of other artists, we were just obsessed with the idea of having provenance, being able to, you know, make money off digital work because that it hadn't really happened that much before except with brands. So this was like a way for artists to be independently, uh, like in control of their artwork. And I heard about Art Blocks and I had a couple friends that, one good fr- uh, friend that I met, Rich Lord, he's this amazing coder. We teamed up. He luckily he was a fan of my artwork, so we decided to do a collaboration together, and we created Vortex. And the whole process was we we worked over a few months. It's you know all done with coding, and you kind of again create this recipe. You don't know what's going to come out until it gets minted. So we presented we presented the project to curated, and you have to try out and get in. Luckily, we got in, which was awesome. And yeah, that dropped. December 21 and it for me Artblocks is kind of like institution level NFT platform and just like community it's for me it's like museum quality like I love the the artists that you all have curated just the community around it it's you know it's the least drama I think in NFT world so that's awesome as well but yeah Artblocks has been quite some yes <laughs> But
1: yeah, it's
0: been an awesome journey with you
1: all. It's been awesome getting to know you. Well, listen, here at Chiseido, we're very thankful to you, Jen, and of course to you, Eric, as well as to Anna, Kaoru, and Robert. We're humbled for having been here. We had a fantastic time. I wish I could tell you to go and mint these pieces, but we cannot because they're all gone. You know, they think they're all minted out. Is there such a term? I don't know. But um, I think that's a testament to the success of the initiative. What you can do is to explore the installation around you and also talk to the artists, because they are here. This is also a very special opportunity for you to connect with them directly and understand their inspiration. I will wrap it up. You know, thank you very much for your presence today. Again, it was an honor to be with you. Thank you, guys. Thank you Thank all very
0: much. You. If you enjoyed this episode and want to dig in a little deeper on what we're building at NFT Now, please check out the Now Pass and the Now Network. We're building the future of tokenized media, and would love for you to be a part of it. You can learn more at nowpass.xyz, and you can hop in our Discord at discord.gg/nftnow uh, to connect with the community. Thank you again for listening to the NFT Now podcast, and we'll see you again this time next week.